So we're back. Welcome to Build. Today is special for two reasons. First, I have Craig Daniel, our VP of Products, and my boss here on Seeking Wisdom. And second, we're going to get into something that is probably the first thing I actually learned when I joined Drift, which is how to ship products on time. So Craig, welcome. Hey, thanks. So I want to get into the steps it takes to ship. I know you've done this presentation before. But first, I wanted to dig into your background a little bit and hear how you got to the point where you had a thesis on this topic. Yeah. So I've been working on software since the late 90s. And mm-hmm. when I, at first I was an engineer and we were using the waterfall methodology, mm-hmm. the state of the art back in the 90s. And I always questioned, like, there has to be a better way because we were always missing our dates and mm-hmm. customers were never happy. and. It was just super duper painful. Um, and we are optimizing for like hitting everything in the Gantt chart rather than hitting actual what mattered. And so I was, I was an avid reader, always have been, and found some books on Scrum, found the Agile Manifesto, and I ended up actually, um, you make fun of me for this, but I was, <laughs> I was an early adopter. I was a Scrum Master certified in the early 2000s. By, cutting edge at the time. Yes. I was like, <laughs> I was crazy at my, my company when I got certified. Um, but really, it was just about learning there has to be a better way. And, and from there, went through kind of, I don't know, another 20 books, uh, Extreme Programming, Scrumban, Kanban, uh, you name it. I've probably tried it with, with a team or two. Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, I've always believed in small autonomous teams, always believed in iterative processes, and really it evolved to that. And when I joined Drift, um, I learned from David and Elias how they worked at Drift, which was which married very well with some of the things that I learned in, uh, in the past. And um, so I wouldn't say I kind of figured it out. I would say, you know, David and Elias had their style, and my style is very, very complementary. And I think we've, we've like, mm-hmm. you know, just have made it better every single month. Yeah, and I remember when I joined and you told me that we were gonna ship a new product every single month for the entire year. Yeah. I didn't understand how that was possible. Yeah, it's, it's nuts, yeah. but <laughs> it's fun. I think, I think in the early, early days, we um, are both of our founders are product people mm-hmm. and we're launching a new product in a new category and the best way to demonstrate what it actually is is by shipping new stuff, mm-hmm. and and so that's what we did. And we committed to the first Tuesday of every single month we're going to ship something new, and that was a forcing function to actually figure out how do you actually do that. Right. So how do you actually do it? Yeah. So uh, that's 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 a good. Other than I have a lot of gray hairs from doing that month over <laughs> month here at Drift, but um, no, it's actually. Uh, gets easier would you agree it's gotten easier yeah yeah i think you get used to the the rhythm of it but i still even when i we were talking about this before even when i think back on the different steps some of them i'm i still have trouble wrapping my head around exactly how we do it yeah so um follow kind of a formula that we train all new drifters on when they come on board um the first the first thing really it all comes back to constraints right so no matter what framework you have in product management, there's always like, do we have a date constraint? Do we have a feature constraint? Do we have a people constraint? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the two constraints that actually matter when you're, especially when you're launching a new product in a new category or you're trying to build momentum or if you're a new executive at a new job, like let's say you went to a new company and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, Maggie's gonna like 
get our product team humming again. Mm-hmm. Like this is a really good way to do it. In the right. first three months, I'm gonna ship three three products, right? And you're gonna mm-hmm. be like, holy crap, that's yeah. amazing. Um, but basically, it's commit to a date. Just find a date. Don't randomly pick a date. What we do is first Tuesday of every month. Mm-hmm. We don't have to think about that. That's just part of the system. Um, then name the thing that you're gonna ship on that date. Just name it. There's That's your first constraint is like, what is it? Don't use names like V2, um, Next Gen, or any of those uh, crutch names. Name something real, right? So find the essence of what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And then tell a simple story about it. Um, this is a shorthand narrative, uh, shorthand form of what Amazon does with the press release. Mm-hmm. But tell a story. And, and stories all you know follow the story arc, right? Which is like, I always think, current state of affairs, like what's happening now? What's mm-hmm. the conflict? What's the promise or claim, and then how do you resolve it, right? So mm-hmm. tell the story in that format, and we can we can walk through some of them. Yeah, and then just ship it on the date you promised, obviously. Um, notice in there, there's no feature, there's right. no widget, there's no user story, there's no mm-hmm. whatever, um, because that's what really matters mm-hmm. when you're when you're when you're trying to build momentum with customers or 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 even with internal stakeholders if you're trying to build momentum as well. So how, when you're picking a date, so I understand obviously having lived through the first Tuesday of every month, yeah. but I think the, the way I thought before I was at Drift was, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna ship this feature, we're gonna provide this value for customers, but you don't know how hard it is to build that thing, right? Yeah. Like you haven't done an estimate with your engineering team or your design team, so you don't know how hard it is. I think that was the, hard, the thing I had the most trouble with was coming in, okay, it's gonna ship on this Tuesday, but how do we, we don't know how hard it is going to build, so how could we possibly yep. commit to that? Yeah, so a lot of people who listen to this podcast are probably familiar with the Spotify graphic that's like skateboard, scooter, mm-hmm. bike, car, that mm-hmm. type of thing. And so I, I think that's a really good, and we've, we've kind of leveraged that same framework. Right. So the, the, if we were using this format, right, we'd say we're going to ship on this day, we're going to ship transportation, that gets you from point A to point B in under five minutes mm-hmm. um, because today it takes 10 minutes, it's really painful. And that's what we're gonna ship on this date, right? I didn't say I was gonna ship the skateboard, the car, or the bike, I'm not sure right. yet because right. I don't know it, what we're able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing that we do is, what's your version of that skateboard? What's the first thing? And we call it here the tracer bullet, which is a little bit of an agile term, mm-hmm. but, um, literally as fast as possible get engineers to hack or do whatever it is to make the thing work end to end Mm -hmm. like no re-architecture no nothing so an example of that would be um we do we book meetings right Mm -hmm. and so we said oh we're going to ship a office 365 you know bot book meetings feature right um the very first thing we're going to do is we are going to like buy an Office 365 license and we're going to have a developer like hack up the Google code mm-hmm. in whatever way they can to make that connection work and see a meeting show up on their Office 365 right. calendar. Right. So no front end, no UI, just nope. meeting shows up on calendar end to end. And they, they can sit there with the team and like in their console or scripts or whatever mm-hmm. and be like, check this out. I run these five things and comment this line out calendar event right. shows up right that immediately shows you as a product manager like okay i'm pretty confident that in six weeks or eight weeks we can ship office 365 calendar mm-hmm. because i i see we have it today it's just about right. putting all the 
the front end and the workflows and everything on it. So we call that the tracer bullet um, and get that done as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you do tracer bullet. Then we also, obviously, you, we call it good, better, best for yep. the different pieces. So how, when you think about a team approaching a problem, how does that fit in? Yeah, so the, the reason we introduced good, better, best uh, was as a framework as we brought on new product managers because I think, I think experienced product managers know how to break down problems, mm -hmm. like big, giant initiatives into smaller things. But and and you know senior designers as well. But as you scale as you scale a team, not everybody has that skill yet. So good, better, best was a way of forcing function to actually have people give three different versions of the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So this is your skateboard car and bike or bike and car, right? So mm -hmm. we actually have our designers literally, as you know, design right. three different versions. Mm -hmm. Product managers write three different one pagers, which are our versions of specs for the good, better, or best. Because almost never do you want to ship the best, right? right. That's like I often goal. find that we start with the best. Yeah. Like when you approach a problem, you have this big idea of what you're going to do, yep. and you have this amazing design. It has all these bells and whistles. And then you look at it, and then you think about the date. And yep. then you have to say, OK, well, this is obviously not possible. And half these features are sort of, wouldn't it be cool if yes. bucket? So then good, better, best is at least a framework for me to say, OK, we might get there, but let's scale it back and pick like right. the essential pieces. Right, and you'll find, I mean, good still has to be something that, that backs up the story. Mm -hmm. It can't, it, you know, it, it definitely can't um, compromise on the story. So, but it doesn't need to have all the bells and whistles, right? So right. in this case, um, you know, the, the, to take the example we just had, right? Drift has bots that qualify leads and book meetings for them. It simply needs to grab an email address and create a calendar, you know, pick a calendar availability and marry that email address to that calendar. Right. And that's it, right? And right. so, like, reduce, reduce, reduce down to that essence. And, and then when you ship it, validate to see if anyone cares. Mm -hmm. If anyone uses it, how many people connect it. Right. So. so tell me a little bit more about the giving it a name and telling a story. I think those are two things that, I, in addition to picking a date, were new to me in the role that they could play in getting a team to move quickly. Yeah, the the naming is really important. I learned this at my prior uh, company, Logged Me In, because mm -hmm. I was on a relatively small business in the larger company. And there were lots of initiatives from four different business units, and mm -hmm. the executives could never really keep track of everything. Right. And if you wanted to push your agenda, you had to give it a name. And I, I kind of learn a lot of, you know, I watch politics and stuff like that. If you look at any bills or anything like the the ACA, they don't call it that. They call it Obamacare, right? right. They give it names. Like, mm -hmm. and you look at like how you move your agenda. These politicians, they always give something a name other than the actual bill name mm -hmm. that they hear. And so, so that's why I think naming is really important, is because mm -hmm. it travels. It, it's a handle that everyone can grab onto. Mm -hmm. Salespeople can say oh, when's the Office 365 meetings coming, mm -hmm. right? Uh, when Instead, we could have called that Meetings V2, right. which is, oh, now we're adding uh, Office 365. So, But instead, just tell you what it is in a short amount as possible mm -hmm. that everyone can grab onto and it travels. Mm -hmm. And then when you have that, then you can use the gravity of the organization to kind of pull, mm -hmm. pull towards that. Right. Yeah, and I think that's also something we started to do 
even inside of our individual product teams where we said we started to to give our metrics a tagline because it you know I think in the same way that it, it helps to have an organization understand what you're building and have like a catchy name for it I think the teams do really well when they have you know no customer left behind or no chat left behind or whatever those right. those taglines are it's much easier to focus on what you're doing because you all have that shared thing yeah yeah I mean I think it's all about this entire framework is about simplification and mm-hmm. reduction right and I think naming is part of that right. right? Name is the simplest form of that story that you can tell. Right. So then how do you, then the last part is ship it on the date you promised. How, what happens when there's inevitably, you uncover something that's harder than you thought, you know, you run into some sort of issue, there's other things you're trying to maintain. Like how do you f- keep the teams always hitting those dates? Yeah, that that's a little bit more art than science sometimes. I mean, the first the first part of let's talk about the hard part of shipping on the date, which I think is like the go to market part of it, and then mm-hmm. we'll we'll come back okay. to the the engineering part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason, and and this started before I joined Drift. Um, the reason we pick like kind of the first Tuesday of every month is because no one had to communicate. Is very another simplification. No one had mm-hmm. to communicate when they had to to start preparing, right? And right. so one of the challenges at any company is, you know, let's say you're in a normal company, a uh, bigger company that does two or three releases a year, which is pretty typical. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, when when's that release coming out? When when are we going to start planning it? Oh, should we start doing weekly? Should we do monthly, right? And it's not right. a system. It's like a project every time. Mm-hmm. And so what we see here is our product market, like, Literally, it'll be Wednesday, the day after we shipped, and the product marketing manager is like, hey, Maggie, uh, I'd like to sit down and talk about what's coming out next next month. Right. right? And true. it's just a yeah. system. It's just a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And so, and what that does is it also creates a, uh, a little bit of a tidal wave amongst all the employees because they have, they know it's coming, right? It's like, just like mm-hmm. any other kind of cadence that you have. So I think that's, that is the really hard part to get momentum because you know as a product manager i'm sure you've shipped products that no one uses because marketing never told anybody about it right yeah and this avoids that on the engineering side um i think that comes down to just somewhat of like good engineering management whatever technique you use which Mm -hmm. is feature freezes or betas here what we try to do um, and this wasn't always true early on but Mm -hmm. i think now is we usually aim for at least five beta customers mm-hmm. well before the launch. And we've built that into our system because the product marketing managers are gonna want quotes and stories from them. Right. The social proof. The social proof. And I think so, that might actually be the reason why we had to make that a rule. Yeah, why is that? You wanna tell that was, story? I was on a marketable <laughs> moment with no beta customers. With no beta customers. That was, that was not a super fun one. What did we learn in that? Never do that again. No, but why? why? This is why having your boss on a podcast is tough. Um, I think the biggest thing I learned on that was that we didn't know, we had a lot of assumptions about how something would be used and when it would be used and what it would be important for, but we learned very quickly that it it was too hard for customers even to find where we had put the link to the feature. And then we learned that the value wasn't exactly what we thought it was. And so our messaging wasn't super correct. Where we put it wasn't super correct. We could have made it a lot better if we'd even had one person give us feedback. Yeah. So So we always had like kind of an unwritten rule of these beta users, but it became a written rule thanks to Maggie here. 
Um, I think it's a good practice nonetheless. We learn from it and we iterated. That's one of the great things about doing this 12 times a year yeah, is we true. learn really quickly mm-hmm. and we build up the system and make it kind of bulletproof. Um, so right now, what most of the things that you'll see us ship, uh, actually all of the things, have been in the wild for at least four to six weeks. So mm-hmm. that removes a lot of the risk of right. you know something breaking last minute or something yeah. like that. Now, was that always true? No. There were early days of Drift where it was like, you know, the Friday before, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, the thing doesn't work, and yeah. you know we're scrambling over the weekend. But, but I think it also built up a cultural norm on the team that we don't miss those dates, right. right? And I think that part of the commit to a date and hit the date is that everyone has to believe in the date, yeah. right? It's not just a random date because I think I've been on other teams, other companies where you know we say something like, oh, we're gonna be done with this on this day, and the date comes, and you're not super done or right. you're close, but there's no pressure to get the thing right. out the door, but having those really hard deadlines that's that are public, that even not only public to the company, but public to the market mean that you don't have an excuse not to hit them. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, and Elias, who's the CTO and, and co-founder here, this is something he really believes in, right? Mm-hmm. Just like pick a date, pick a date, pick a right. date. And he holds sometimes corner developers until they pick a date and then it's amazing that when you set that one constraint mm-hmm. how just it simplifies everything because you're like oh okay I don't have two weeks so I can't do everything so I'm right. just going to do this one thing and right. so yeah I think that um, when you get into larger companies and you were in a larger company in the mm-hmm. past and so was I uh, what the product team does is often like magical to the rest of the the rest of the, the organization mm-hmm. they don't they're like how did they do that I don't even know how they did that and when things are going well, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like, just magic starts happening. When things aren't going well, it becomes this sense of, like, why are they working on that? Like, right. if they just fix this thing. And so this is another part of the reason for this system is it shows transparency. Like, this is what we're working on, mm-hmm. and we're going to hit the date that we work, we're working on it, and we're going to move on to the next thing. And it builds some credibility and trust amongst the rest of the team. Yeah, that's true. So then if... You had to give advice to a PM who's listening. How can they f- start to do this on their teams? Like, what's the first thing that they someone should bring back to their team that they can help them sort of move to this model? Yeah, I think I think whatever you're working on, but start with kind of the good, better, best. I think start mm-hmm. with a date, ideally. But um, right. you know, start thinking about like what what is the reason we're releasing this thing? So, I was just talking to. A, uh, a founder who was telling me, oh, we had this concept we, we drew up on the whiteboard mm-hmm. in January, and it's still not live, right? And we're this is like a five-person company, small right. company, and they're asking for my advice. And uh, I said, you know, why? And, oh, it's complex, and, uh, you know, it involved, like, machine learning and this all this complex. And there's all the, the normal things, right? So, right. And that's, that's normal. That's what's going to happen. So... What I would recommend to that to that person, if they could go back in time, is just say, listen, listen nothing's going to be more than a quarter. Let's just set it. There's just absolutely no way as a small company we can go more than a quarter or even as a small team. Mm-hmm. So I'd say minimally, the maximum date you can set is three months out. Right. Like, so set that date. And yep. then work backwards and say, okay, what do we think we can get in that three months? Mm-hmm. Uh, in that three months? And you'll probably get like the better slash best version. It'll be... A lot of feature bloat and a lot of gold plating. 
and then reduce from there. Then apply the good, better, best. And what you'll probably realize that in four to six weeks, you can release something pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then I would then focus on that. If it happens to take you four to six weeks to release it and then another four to six weeks of beta testing and like mm-hmm. making sure it works, then you still hit your three, you still hit your three months, but it's a pretty good right. tight experience. Right. That's what yeah. I would do. And I find that you often never need all of the things you thought you would need no. in the best version. Like I don't think I've ever gone all the way through a whole list of things that we thought would be good to have in a feature when using this model because you realize customers don't care. Yeah, and when they point. and when they do care, they pull mm-hmm. the rest out of you. Right. And then the, the prioritization becomes really easy easy, right? Like you can go like you could come to me and say, mm-hmm. I know we had this team on this feature, but I really think they need to go here because our growth in our user base, like there's a one there's one capability we released recently that is like 45% month over month growth of mm-hmm. like usage. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And so obviously we, Maggie was like, I think we need like a team on this just to like breathe life into it and right. take it full to its better and best version. And that was a really easy decision because mm-hmm. the customers were pulling it out of us. Right. Uh, on other things, there's some things like the one you, you said that, that, you know, didn't work as well, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes an easy decision. And it's like, thank God we didn't spend more than, yeah. you know, that time yeah, on it. that's true. So. Okay. So then I have another question about advice for people who are listening. First, take a step back from it, from just being able to ship on a certain date and hit, hit those deadlines. Like, you've trained many, many PMs in your career. What's your biggest, the biggest piece of advice that you give to new PMs that you work with? Yeah, mostly it's um, very liberal liberal arts related mm-hmm. uh, stuff, not the technical part. Mm-hmm. So, um, read more than anyone you know. Okay. Uh, and that's and I have some tips on what to read, but you know, just read, read about business, read about um, the industry you're in. Just just do whatever you can to just learn as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, just communicate. Communicate with everyone. Just spend a lot of time, like make understanding your peers, your coworkers, your the the key stakeholders, and then like even if your company is not customer centric, which a lot of companies aren't, quite frankly. Yep. Talk to more customers than anyone in the company. Mm. So it's pretty. It's like read so you learn from people who made mistakes before you. Mm-hmm. Make relationships with all your peers because you're going to need them someday. Right. You know to help you either and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and either getting a new product out the market or, or, or maybe on a sales deal, they might need you to help out. And then, you know, talk to your customers. I mean, there's nothing that stops a conversation faster than when, let's say, a senior executive is saying, like, we got to work on X. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's interesting because, like, I just talked to so-and-so and so-and-so from our two biggest customers, and they don't want that. They want Y. Right. And it's like, oh, geez, you win the battle every single time, right? Right. So True. talk to customers. So on the similar to that, but on the flip side, if you are not in product, but you are in sales or marketing or ops or something else, and you know you have that feature, you've been talking to customers or you have an insight, yeah. what's your advice to them on how to get their features built? Like how do you approach a product team? Yeah, this is um, this is something I, I actually gave a presentation to the whole log me in uh, and product and engineering team about how to get your idea shipped. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, I'll share that with you, but. It was the first thing to do, and this was like an engineer who's yeah. like, I have an idea, and we right. have like 500 engineers. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, how do I get like anyone to, because anyone to care about this to ship it? And the first thing is, is like, 
understand the strategy. Mm-hmm. If you as an engineer or a designer or just you know an individual contributor understand the overall business strategy, how that translates into product strategy, and let's say I'm on a team that rolls up to you, and I know the three things that Maggie cares about, mm-hmm. like I know Maggie has to drive this metric, then I'm going to align my idea to her metric. Right. And I talked about tracer bullets. Mm-hmm. Show that it can happen, right? I mean, if you're an engineer. The version of that for sales and marketing, which happens all the time here, is give me customer evidence. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and I think the best type of customer evidence is getting the product person on the phone with the customer or on a Zoom call. or right. And no product person would person. usually say no to that. No, they would almost... Right. Be, yeah, because they every product person has an insecurity of, am I talking to enough customers? Right. So when everybody's like, hey, can you jump on the phone with the customer? Like, Phew. Yes, yeah. I feel better about my day if I do that. Mm-hmm. So it just happened. It just happened yesterday. We were talking. We have a pretty big customer who's been super successful on Drift. Had a couple nags in the product, um, and there was all these Slack messages running around about it. Mm-hmm. And, and they're hitting up you and me and a few other people. Yep. And then yesterday, I got on like a twenty-minute call with them. Finally, after like a week, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh yeah, we can we can fix these things." And it's like, right. "Bing bing, let's get it done, right?" It's because yep. I felt I was more empathetic. I felt the pain, and mm-hmm. I was able to do it. Yep. Okay. So understand the strategy. Bring customer evidence. Yep. Is that it? I think. I think. Or build sure it, tracer it. bullet if yeah. you can, right? Okay. I mean, ship some version of it. Yeah. Even if it's a PowerPoint. We'll oh, do yeah, that. Our part, our part, uh, business development, um, our head of BD, Jared, does that a lot, where he'll throw a PowerPoint and be like, check out how this integration works. I actually got one from, I think, Brennan and Castillo in sales. They oh, did really? One. Mm-hmm. That's they awesome. did one a couple months ago, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, how to ship, you have to commit to a date, give everything a name, tell a simple story, and actually hit the date that you set. And then if you want to get your feature built, you need to understand strategy and specifically the product strategy, what metrics we care about, and bring evidence from customers. Yep. Ideally. Awesome. Ideally. In a customer call. Like, get yeah. face-to-face. Yeah. Awesome. That's your best way to move the agenda. Great. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Yep. Give Craig a six-star review. I'm only asking for five stars, but Craig needs a six-star review because he's my boss. Oh, so thanks. thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.